Hey everyone, welcome in to another episode of Real Sports Talk by Naraj. Hope you're all doing well on this Tuesday, February 23rd, 2021. Want to get into a couple of things today, talk about some NBA news, college football. I mean, we know there's a lot of college football prospects that will be entering the draft and going to just go over like one prospect that I think will be really interesting in the NFL this coming year and I'll get into a little of that the NFL and some comments and uh, that were made by Cam Newton and what happened the last couple of days with, with that event that Newton was involved in. So I want to kick off things by talking about the Minnesota Timberwolves. The Timberwolves have really disappointed as a team. I think they are 7-24 and 24 on the season right now and you know, it's been really tough for Carl Anthony Towns and D'Angelo Russell. Obviously, D'Angelo Russell being out now with an injury. And, you know, it's been tough for Carl Anthony Towns dealing with a lot of emotions and stuff with, you know, things that have happened uh, with him off the NBA court. I mean, it's been really hard for the Timberwolves to compete and play well uh, this season. And they let go of their head coach, Ryan Saunders, over the past, over the past weekend. Um, and a lot has been made about the hire they made, um, you know, who they replaced Saunders with. And I want to get into that a little bit. So the Timberwolves um, acted pretty quickly, to be honest. They hired, um, you know, the Toronto Raptors assistant, um, you know, Chris Finch as their new head coach, you know. Chris Finch is someone who, you know, he served as an assistant coach for Denver Nuggets, the Houston Rockets, and the Toronto Raptors for a number of years. I think at some point he was also with the Portland Trailblazers as an, as an assistant coach. Um, so he has really extensive international experience as a player and as a head coach, where he had some success, obviously, uh, coaching a lot of players uh, over in Europe and. He's part of many teams that you know they won games. He had a good coaching record, and I mean he brings a lot to the table as a head coach, um, which you know I think the Timberwolves were looking for that kind of person, uh, just because they felt like that at this time they wanted a coach that could step in and do something right away. And the thing about the Minnesota Timberwolves is that. They've always had a very interesting like dynamic with their ownership and how they kind of go about their business and you know it's just surprising in the sense that you know coaching hires you know are usually a more of a lengthy process you know you want to interview a bunch of guys you just name an interim head coach let the interim head coach finish the season and then evaluate after that the Timberwolves kind of did it a different way and look at the owner's comments about why they made this decision it was more like oh you know we're in a tough environment with the pandemic going on it's hard to interview a lot of people at a time and you know that is true to an extent but there's been a lot of coaches out there that have been looking for an opportunity and it's just rare to see a coach you know during the season leave one team go to the other team and be their main head coach you know it's it really happens, but it was kind of overdue for Chris Finch in a way because, you know, he obviously has coached 
over 24 years. He has 24 years of coaching experience. Um, and, you know, it was well overdue for sure. Um, and just, be, you know, just the way that, you know, he is very creative and he had a working relationship with the GM, I think Rosas. They worked together in Houston uh, back in their careers together. So, you know, it comes down to, like, you see it in the NFL sometimes, in the NBA. Uh, but I will say that the NFL has done a much better job in terms of how they go about making teams interview, like, at least two you know, minority head coaches and things like that. Make it a fair process. The NBA just seems like it just comes down to relationships and relationships only. And, I mean... Those things do come into play. You know, they, they have worked out for some of the winning teams and franchises. Like, you know, you have Golden State and what they kind of developed there. And, you know, you look at Los Angeles Lakers and, you know, some things were able to come together because Rob Palenka knew Genie Bus. And so, like, some, some relationships do really work out and do really success in the NBA. Um, but the hiring process for NBA coaches is just like, really really hard it's difficult if you don't have a connection with somebody around the league and many times it feels like a lot of these coaches that are passed over are passed over because the candidate ahead of them may have had played for that person or may have worked with that person in capacity so they have that that trust and that you know common thing in, in, you know, with each other and i think a lot of times that a lot of these nba uh, owners just really single out and just make sure that they get the person that they're most comfortable working with um i'm not saying that chris finch wasn't deserving of the opportunity to be the head coach of the minnesota timberwolves but i really wish they had considered uh, you know making um their assistant head coach um you know uh, you know on ryan saunders staff the head coach maybe i think that would have been a good decision maybe make him an interim head coach um you know, I think the the coach's name that uh, is coming to mind is uh, David uh, Vanterpool. You know, someone who is obviously four years. You know, doesn't have much of the experience as like as um, you know Chris Finch, but he's 47. Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum were two guys who really on Twitter really um, you know were saying like, why would they hire? Like, why wouldn't they make? Why wouldn't they make, you know, Vanterpool the head coach um, and, you know, talking about what he's done with them throughout the years. And, you know, Lillard and McCollum are like, you know, they're tells to their own opinion and their belief on that. Uh, and I think that, you know, Vanderpool is someone who, based on what I've read about him, very well respected. He can definitely bring a good attitude and things like that. But it just came down to Timberwolves feeling that Chris Finch was the better hire and at this point the better person to make decisions there in Minnesota. So, you know, you'd love to see coaches get opportunities to you know be head coaches. And I think that for Vanderpool, the way that he has been in the NBA so far, I mean, he will get his opportunity at one point to be, um, to be a head coach. Um, it just felt like, you know, he was there on the staff already and you know for some odd reason or not odd reason but like for just some reason he just was not given enough of a, a push or consideration by the owner 
to make him an interim head coach, you know. So the NBA coaching process and, and things like that, they there's a lot of things that have to be changed. Um, have, a lot of things have to be changed, I would say, with the NBA coaching process. Uh, because I think that a lot of times that the process can be really difficult and challenging for a lot of these candidates where they don't get to make an impression um, as easily as some of the other white coaches may make it or you know other coaches have done. I think that that needs to change. I think there needs to be some kind of like push towards getting more uh, minority head coaches opportunities to interview. Not saying that all coaches, you know, uh, you know, don't deserve other opportunities. But it just felt like for this situation, with the Timberwolves to kind of act as swiftly. I wish they had drawn out the process because this team has been really losing a lot over the years. And I mean, it just felt like they needed to just make a hire from within as an interim head coach rather than go and you know get Chris Finch. But you know, they've done that now, and you just hope that they're able to turn it around. Uh, you hope they're able to turn it around. Um, with Chris Finch because he, you know, he did play um, as a player. He has a lot of experience, so he is bringing a lot to the table. And hopefully, he'll be able to like really win this locker room over. Um, but like I said, I think the process is really tough. And I think for a lot of the minority black head coaches out there, the ones that have been in the NBA for a long time, uh, I really wish they were given more consideration by the Timberwolves. Because, you know, you, whenever you make a coaching decision in the NBA, a coaching hire, you want to consider a lot of things other than just your working relationship. And I, I really think that the Timberwolves, uh, they should have decided to really give their uh, other coaches opportunities to interview for the process. Maybe not hire them right away, but like at least give consideration to some of those candidates out there. Even though it's a challenging time to have interviews and meetings and stuff like that. And this team hasn't won this season. And... Uh, they're looking, hopefully, for Chris Finch to turn that around. But he has an uphill uh, uh, task, a challenge in doing so. I really hope that he's able to really bring his experience and find ways to win with this group uh, or at least salvage the season somehow um, so they can really build towards getting this team back on track next year. So in this segment, I want to talk about one of the prospects coming out of the college football, um, you know, draft class this year. Uh, Zach Wilson, quarterback out of BYU. Over the course of the college football season, I've seen a lot of prospects made their intentions clear by entering the NFL draft. And yes, the draft is still a month or so away, but you know, you want to know about these quarterbacks and these names and all these prospects because they all have unique stories and things that will hopefully translate to translate to the NFL level and so Zach Wilson is a quarterback that has been talked about I would say more and more in, in the draft coverages and things like that I mean he is being talked about because you know the draft is going to start with the Jacksonville Jaguars and they're expected to take Trevor Lawrence out of Clemson so that is pretty much a foregone conclusion that the Jacksonville Jaguars will pick Trevor Lawrence. And so, you know, 
the other quarterbacks that are intriguing in this draft, you know, you have Zach Wilson, you have Trey Lance, you have Justin Fields, you have Mac Jones. Um, you know, these are some of the notable quarterbacks in this year's draft class. And, you know, it remains to be seen how all these quarterbacks will translate. I mean, we're still seeing how, you know, Burrow, Herbert, and Tua are looking. And they obviously will have their second years going on. Uh, but like I said, there are a lot of teams that will be searching for quarterbacks, most likely this offseason and in the draft. And so whichever teams do miss out on the free agent quarterbacks this year or their targets will be going after the draft. And so Zach Wilson is 21, 6'3". Um, he had an outstanding season, you know, with 3,700 passing yards, 33 touchdowns, uh, 10 rushing touchdowns. Uh, Wilson... Based on what I've seen from him, uh, he seems to be a really great student of the game. I mean, he really loves to, uh, you know, bring his A game and be competitive as much as possible. Um, and, you know, you, you want to see all the quarterbacks be competitive and, and be able to play with that style that, you know, separates them from the pack. And so Wilson is someone who... Based on what I've seen, he's capable of making like great throws, you know, outside the pocket and on the run. Uh, some really good mechanics. He reminds me a little bit of like both Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes in the sense that he can make plays with his with his mobility and he the way that he can throw the ball on the run is very equivalent to how Mahomes does it and Rodgers does it. But those two are like the best of the best and how they do it and Wilson obviously has a lot of upside to get to that level but based on what I've seen from him I mean he's very athletic he's got a good frame and size to you know get the ball um, you know thrown off the you know on the run or different angles so you know he brings that to the table um, the only thing about Zach Wilson that I really did not get to see him a lot do was play against big time opponents and, you know, that always comes up, you know. There's been a lot of quarterbacks from the college ranks over the years. And depending on the conference they play and the games they play, and there's just not enough, you know, to see, like, how do they look against competitive teams. So Trevor Lawrence is someone who's played, obviously, in a lot more championship games and college football playoff games than Zach Wilson. So we've seen an extensive body of work from Trevor Lawrence, and he's played against big-time opponents. For Wilson, he's only played a couple, couple against you know a couple of opponents, and he's looked good for the most part. So the question is, can he handle like the stiff competition as well? That remains to be seen, because you know he's a young quarterback, he's got upside. You know he's six three, so there's a lot of things that he's gonna have to obviously get used to. Uh, but depending on the situation that he goes to, I mean he's gonna be obviously challenged with like you know more complex defenses and more different looks and that comes with any young quarterback in the NFL um entering the NFL in their first year it's all about how do you how do you go about like adjusting your game how do you adapt to the speed of the game and I think that for Zach Wilson the biggest thing for him is that whichever team he does go to I mean he's gonna bring a lot of energy and excitement based on the things that I've read and heard about Zach Wilson He's just that kind of guy who will love to get out there, compete. Uh, he's not going to, you know, he's going to try to be a leader, uh, really be communicative, be um, active and like learning a lot of different things. And, you know, the draft 
is likely going to start with the Jets in number two because we know that Trevor Lawrence is going to go number one. That's pretty much projected. So you know, the question for the Jets is will they take Zach Wilson or will they trade off the pick or they get Deshaun Watson? All of these things are in play. You know, it seems like the Texans are not budging right now, but we'll find out in free agency which teams are going to really get after Deshaun Watson. Now, the report is that Deshaun Watson knows that if the Jets trade for him, it will hinder their ability to, like, get talent around him. So that is a report that you can kind of buy some stock into. Uh, but it remains to be seen because, you know, there's a lot of teams out there that want Deshaun Watson and... You know, some teams will be willing to draft, uh, trade away draft picks and get whatever they want. And, you know, the Jets, are they going to be willing to do that? I mean, you hope they, they would do that, but Deshaun Watson has to approve the trade no matter what happens. Whichever, he, goes, he has to approve the trade. So, you know, that's something in play. But, you know, if the Jets are looking at Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, I mean, it's really a, a tough decision to make. But Wilson, based on, like, the way that he has been able to play, He's been more durable than Justin Fields to a certain extent. And we've seen just better numbers from from Zach Wilson. And he's going to give you a good amount of offense. And I don't think he's the kind of quarterback that would turn the ball over as much as some of the quarterbacks do in this game today. So, you know, he has a lot of upside to him. It's a question about the system he goes to and the offense that he learns. And he could potentially be a good fit with Robert Sala and, you know, LaFleur. With the New York Jets, it's very possible, you know, uh, that they could really, you know, be the right situation for him, um, because based on what I've seen, he just has a great attitude, a great work ethic, and he's mobile. He's very mobile. He can make plays with his arm, um, and like I said, I think that the biggest thing for Zach Wilson is that with his frame and his size, just you know, how will he be able to react to defenses? Throwing looks at him, he's going to have to really do a good job on his pro day should be happening in March and I think based on his pro day even though it'll be in shorts um, I mean it's gonna be interesting to see how he looks on the on the run how he makes the deep ball those are the things that I'm really looking forward to seeing for Zach Wilson um, and I think he will be a good quarterback uh, wherever he goes as long as he's able to just keep on doing the things that make him good in terms of mechanics you know the footwork uh, being able to throw with velocity I think those are the things that do bode well for Zach Wilson as he prepares for the NFL draft in the spring. So in this segment, I want to get into a little bit about Cam Newton and his future as a quarterback in the NFL and talk about some other things that have transpired around Cam Newton. So Cam Newton, um, you know, on on and off the NFL um, field has done tremendous things. He's accomplished a lot in his career, being a Super Bowl, uh, a Super Bowl appearance, being a league MVP. Um, he's been in the National Football League for almost, I would say, 10 years, if not longer, or about to be 10 years. Um, so Newton is a great, uh, you know, veteran in the NFL now, and obviously he's dealt with a lot of things um, in terms of just the uh, amount of hits that he took as a quarterback, amount of like you know physical pain that comes to the NFL. Like Newton is obviously. Um, 
lost some of his ability to be that great of a player that he used to be. So it's all about you know how do you adapt and how do you change yourself um, as you get older and older with the attrition and the mileage on your body. Um, you know, Ken really is looking to bounce back next year. And he's hoping to get that chance either with New England or another team. Uh, but there's a lot of questions still to be you know, figured out for Cam Newton as he heads towards this offseason. Um, the lack of time and, like, you know, ability to play as well uh, due to having, you know, he got he was the first, one of the first time NFL players to get COVID this past season. And just the lack of time and continuity with the receivers and learning a, a Patriots system that was very complex. Uh, it definitely weared on him. And he definitely admitted that he, he thought too much. He was thinking... A lot about a lot of things, trying to make things happen. He was never able to have those numbers, um, and he wasn't able to give you the same kind of production that you you hope that he would we, he would have given. If he were fully healthy and ready to play. So, you know, Newton is out to prove that he has a lot left in the tank. I mean, he had a great start to his career in Carolina, and the Panthers definitely did not do him right towards the end of of his tenure there, but. You know, Newton is a guy that just loves to be competitive, the standing of the quarterback. He's very motivated to do what he can to get back on the field and be better than ever. And he's worked very, very, very hard to uh, be a good uh, quarterback, to be somebody who can, like, inspire others to play and be like him. And that's why he has all these camps and things that he participates uh, on a yearly basis. And I think there was a video of this one kid who... Uh, was one fan that he got into a little bit um, at one of his camps and um, you know that high school player um, you know who dreams of being a football player in the NFL I mean they had a little bit back and forth and it's all about like being respectful and being appreciative of the fact that you know a quarterback from the NFL someone who's been through all those things is giving you like the coaching, the words of advice, the experience that he had. Um, and I think that player who, you know, said those things and was kind of not being respectful and trying to be, you know, trying to, he got caught up in the moment. You know, as a kid, you try to, like, be full of confidence and, and have that kind of style to yourself. But, you know, every person gets a reality check once in a while. And you know, hopefully that kid learned much better from um, you know this experience with Cam Newton, hopefully he learned uh, he learned to be much better. And I mean th- that kid ended up did apologizing and all that. But you know Cam Newton is someone who's obviously like outgrown a lot of things. He he's beyond that. And so the way that he handled it was uh, was great. I mean he took it in stride. Uh, didn't really make it a big deal at all. Um, but you know, Newton is someone who really is locked in, really says all the right things, and you know, he he just projects himself in, in a way in which, you know, he always has confidence in himself. And you know, this season with the Patriots, like you know, he obviously has ups and downs because the talent around him wasn't the same, and he did struggle. You know, Newton is not totally to blame from this, but you know, when you put it into perspective and the things that he talked about recently in his article, uh, in his post, and his in the media coverage that he you know he got you know he did mention about those things and you think about it 
a lot of NFL players uh, had a hard time this season dealing with the COVID restrictions and testing and all those things. Um, but we had a football season and it was great in his unique way. And Newton, at this point in his career, is just trying to get back to being that kind of quarterback who can win and be the reason why they can win games. And he's a, he's someone who can give you something, can give you something at least. Um, the biggest thing that's kind of affected Cam Newton, I would say, over the years, um, has been his ability to be accurate in the pocket. Um, obviously, he can't be the same kind of runner that he used to be. Cam Newton used to be so good, he struck fear in defenses early on when he started because he used to run, be physical, um, but now it's all about him just being better as a, as a pure pocket passer. And so you hope that he gets the opportunity to be a quarterback on one of these teams this year. I see a team that probably would benefit from getting him, uh, and that would be Chicago. I think Chicago would definitely be a spot for Cam Newton. If the Bears end up striking out on, like, you know, not getting the quarterback they want, I think Cam Newton is someone that they should really consider. Uh, It would be a really good defense, obviously, and Newton at the helm with some of the weapons there. I mean, Chicago would be a great fit for Cam Newton, but it it comes down to, it comes down to Cam Newton, you know, doing all the things that he's saying uh, in terms of being, getting back to, like, being a good a passer of the football, working on his mechanics. Uh, I mean, at, at his age right now, I mean, he still has the ability to fling the football, but it's got to be better, and he needs the right coaching. Um, and definitely, like, look, most quarterbacks, when they come from one system to another, they, they're easily able to pick up certain things. Cam wasn't able to do that because he spent so much time in Carolina. And so, you know... There's just some things that some quarterbacks have to adjust to, but uh, I hope Cam Newton comes back stronger than ever and able to be better this season wherever he lands. I think the perfect fit would be Chicago. Uh, give you know Mitchell Trubisky some uh, uh, you know you know competition or something, or you know go go a different route. But it would be interesting to see Cam Newton end up in Chicago, maybe. That's one possible spot that he, he wants to start. Cam Newton is probably feeling like, you know, he doesn't want to be a backup. Um, and most quarterbacks can't really accept that, you know, because they're really uh, looking to go out there and do it their all. So, you know, if you're looking for a starting gig, Chicago makes a lot of sense. Um, I think that would be a really good fit. Outside of Chicago, I really don't know where else he, he would be a great fit in, to be honest. I mean maybe Denver if they want to go that route because Denver does have like you know a really good wide receiving core but a defense that is still nice enough to compete but you're going to the AFC West so you know things like that come into play um, but he is someone that you know can do someone who has really stood to the test of time I mean in terms of like Back to the injuries and coming back and playing this season. I mean, the way that he was able to play, even though he didn't have big numbers, he still showed something as a quarterback. And, you know, that in itself should be enough um, to, you know, warrant maybe a starting job. But he's going to have to earn it. He's going to have to earn it because he's not going to be able to get it 
Um, you know, it's not going to be hand given to him, to be honest. It's not going to be hand given to him, to be honest. And I think that the more that he is able to, the more that he is able to do certain things, uh, in terms of like football, like in terms of like the playbook and all that kind of thing. I mean, obviously, the NFL is hoping to have like a better, uh, you know, schedule this year in terms of like having more practices, more team OTAs and stuff like that. That is hopefully the case, and maybe Cam Newton will benefit from that. Um, maybe a fresh start would be good elsewhere. So. Let's see how that all works out for Cam Newton when the free agency opens up. Now, another quarterback that is going to have an interesting future, um, and it's actually really a, a, a very prime spot of his career, is Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston has a chance to revive his NFL career and still be one of those quarterbacks to win um, and compete uh, at a high level. Now, we know that the Buccaneers, you know, drafted him. They thought he'd be their franchise quarterback. Um, And over the years, while he was there, the team was decent enough, but he could never put them over the top with his play. And, of course, after that 30-touchdown, 30-interception season, they went to get Tom Brady, and Brady comes in with the Super Bowl, and and Winston, and he goes to New Orleans to play under Drew Brees, Sean Payton. And during the time that Winston was with the New Orleans Saints, he got to really play and understand a lot of things, probably in a unique way. Um, And he did shine in one of these games where he had a nice touchdown pass. So Winston is at this point in his career, just like Marcus Mariota, where, you know, Mariota is, you know, someone who had a decent stretch in the NFL. Was, Was he a bust? I guess you could probably say that just because of the fact that Tennessee wasn't able to make it with him to the, you know, AFC Championship game or Super Bowl. With Winston, he never really had the chance to make it to the postseason. Um, and now with the New Orleans Saints and the potential of Drew Brees, like Drew Brees is yet to make a decision about his NFL, you know, you know, you know, future. Obviously, I would love to see Drew Brees come back only because I think he deserves a much better farewell uh, and I think that would be great with fans being allowed next year in game so I hope he comes back uh, with the New Orleans Saints because you know the Saints still have a good enough team to compete and make things happen um, but if that is not the case then Jameis Winston is going to be a strong candidate for that Saints quarterback job and Jameis Winston has a big arm he's obviously put more better numbers than Cam Newton has in terms of like the last couple of years. You know what James Winston you're getting at someone who can fling the football, get you like get you to you know to score with anybody. Thing about Winston is like can he avoid having those mistakes and turnovers at the key situations. And so James Winston, believe it or not, will also have a have a chance to be a starting quarterback maybe in that situation. And like I said, this is a lot of names that jump out to me, but James Winston would be good in Denver, would be good in Chicago. Um, you know, there's just a couple of spots that come to my mind. But, you know, Winston and, like, Newton are both at interesting points in their careers where, like, both were, like, top draft picks 
I think top number one overall draft picks in their like respective years and both are trying to find a way to continue to push forward their NFL career push forward their NFL career and I think that Jameis Winston is someone who still has a lot of uh, a lot left in the tank so does Cam Newton I think both quarterbacks in these situations uh, that they can really be themselves and go out there and play well um, and so I really hope that like Jameis Winston is able to like showcase whatever he learned in New Orleans either with the Saints next year or on another football team and for Cam Newton it's all about him really doing a good job of, of continuing to work out get himself in good shape uh, because like I said Newton and Winston are at their points in their careers where they may not have any more many more chances to be a starting quarterback and just because of this NFL's like free agency period that's coming up with the quarterbacks that are supposed to like you know change and all that I mean I think these two definitely are quarterbacks that teams should have an eye on and take a chance on and I think that Winston and Cam Newton both like they really need to put in the work and really put in the commitment because they were really great at times during their career and were never able to put it together for a consistent stretch injuries played a role in that coaching played a role in that but as a player they want to continue you know to be in the NFL they got to adapt their game to a certain way got to be smarter got to be better in situations um, and both hopefully will be able to do that um, this this upcoming NFL season where there'll be uh, plenty of opportunities for for them to really find a spot where they can like make it happen with their NFL careers and make it make it longer than it already has been to this point.